Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast. And it is week 10 in college football, which is certifiably insane. We're presented by betonline.ag. Just use that promo code PODCAST1 for the 50% welcome bonus. You know him. You love him. He is as good as anyone in the business these days. Matt Waldman. At Matt Waldman on Twitter. He's got the rookie scouting portfolio that NFL teams purchase. Matt Waldman, RSP.com. That is the website. And we've got some awesome games. Georgia, Florida, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, and SMU Memphis. That's where game day is going to be. Speaking, by the way, of game day, Right now, before we dive into the breakdowns, Matt, a word from Martellus Bennett, a professor at the Dos Equis College Football Football College. Hey, college football fans, Martellus Bennett here. Do you want to win every football argument this season, dominate every debate, become a pigskin prodigy? Then enroll in a Dos Equis College Football Football College, where you'll learn from football insiders like me, Jay Cutler, Katie Nolan, and Arthur John Bacon, the man who wrote the book on college football. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dosecki's College Football Football College at dosecki's.com backslash edu. Enjoy Dosecki's responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019, Dosecki's Beer Brands. Official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Finally. There's a football beer school for me. Thank you, Martellus. I should probably let you know. My name is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Five teams, seven years. Now I am big time into the podcast game and loving every minute of it, including this college draft podcast with the aforementioned Matt Wallman. I'd say the biggie on Saturday, Matt, from a prospect standpoint, it's Georgia, it's Florida. I have no idea why they're not allowed to call it the world's largest cocktail party anymore. I mean, we could talk about that for the whole show. What is the logic there, Matt? 
I mean, <laughs> they feel like it's like promoting drinking, which is not good. I, I, I don't get it. Uh, hey, I don't get it either, and I didn't know that that was the case. So, you know, probably around where I am, um, nobody's, um, you know, shushing that end of it at all. So, uh, you know, it may not be said that uh, officially, but I think unofficially it's it's still um, raging onward. <laughs> Good. It should. That's exactly what they should call it. I don't understand why anybody ever shied away from that. That is systemic and I could go down a long road that I don't feel like going down right now. Instead, I want to ask you first about Georgia left tackle Andrew Thomas. Everybody I talk to, Matt, just raves on and on about this guy. Someone told me, I can't remember who I was talking to, somebody from Georgia was telling me that they've only ever seen him in one-on-ones, whether it's practice or one-on-one drill or games or whatever, they've only ever seen him get beat twice total hmm. ever. It's unbelievable. Tell me about him. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously one of the best prospects in this class. I mean, it's a guy with excellent size, excellent length. He's got that the light feet and quickness that you want to see in terms of movement skills as a tackle really light footed and sound as a pass protector. And he's a total road grader in the run game. Um, you know, he's going to, he gets into a quick stance. He sets very well. Um, he's someone that has a strong uppercut punch. He's going to roll those hips and he excels really at the skills of being able to pick up tackle and twists or cross blitzes he has a really strong reaction time to handle multiple opponents during the snap as a pass protector. And then as a block, you know, run blocker, he gets off the line low for a big man. He has the quicks and footwork to pivot suddenly. The only trouble I've really seen him have in a game was against Alabama last year where maybe he had some issues reaching linebackers on combo blocks last year where the angles weren't great. But then I watched him against Notre Dame this year, and he was fantastic at it. And he gets that punch onto the linebacker and has a real nice feel for leverage. I mean, when defenders try to redirect him, he has a really sound second punch. He can send defenders to the ground with his punch, and he really has a good feel for when defenders are off balance to finish them. Um, he's really patient with his sets. He doesn't open up too early around the edge. Very rarely does he open up um, early. Sometimes, you know, if he gets a guy who's very good with a speed rush, you, you know, they can get high on him and force him to open that gate and then maybe be if they're good enough, they can redirect and send him off balance a little bit. But he recovers very well, um, you know, when defenders try to redirect. And he has, you know, it's fun to watch him when he gets guys off balance because he has a roundhouse that, that just sends guys going. Um, you know, I watched him handle Julian O'Quara, who, we, who we're going to be talking about. And when Okwara tried to go speed to power with him, it, it just didn't even look like Okwara was doing a good job at all. And a lot of it just had to do with how strong of a pass protector Andrew Thomas is. Um, so, you know, unless you're a great speed rusher with a really good inside counter and you can get him high enough in the pocket, that's the one time I've really seen him, you know, get on the ropes a little bit, um, you know, Okwara's teammate Khalid had him on the ropes a couple of times, but when I say on the ropes, uh, you know, Thomas still won the interactions. 
So, I mean, you know, this is one of the, obviously to me, he's one of the, the top five, top 10 prospects in this class. And, and a big reason why, you know, Georgia's run game just churns out guys year after year, you know, recently is that when you have a guy like him being able to, you know, run block and pass protect like this, it's just awesome. Yeah. He also has, uh, you know, just, he was in the U S army bowl that, that I called, um, a few years ago and he just has not only the great feet, but I just remember how long his arms are. I mean, just, and it is so helpful to have arms like that. Really, really impressive. All right, cool. So Andrew Thomas, I'm glad we got to talk about him. He's a top 10 guy in the draft. What about a receiver for the dogs? Lawrence Cager going against that good Florida defense. Yeah, he's a former University of Miami guy who has nice size. He's in that 6'3 to 6'5 range around 220, 225. And he has good size and body control he's kind of known for issues with drops um but i've you know my first couple of passes with him i haven't seen that happen in fact i've seen him do a very good job of snatching targets away from his frame really good uh, on the fade routes and and routes where he has to make athletic adjustments to the ball even if it means he's going to take some contact he's done very well there even belt line catches against tight coverage where some guys who are really good at being able to snare the ball away from their body aren't always as good at being able to keep their hands tight to their frame and still catch the ball with their hands first. He plays split end and some flanker. I think he's sudden on back shoulder plays. He's, he presents a friendly target over the middle, gets his body in position on a variety of routes um, where it, it, he just makes himself a good target. Flat breaks. Um, you know, I think as a guy who releases off the line, he has a good stretch move with that, but that one long step and then redirects to, an, um, you know, away from the defender. He has a good hesitation move. So his release footwork has some promise. Um, I just like to see him, you know, he's a big guy. I'd like to see him do a little bit better as a blocker, but say that with a lot of receivers, you know, want to see him get chest to chest and work his hands inside because he could do a lot of damage if he if he just works on doing that. His boundary technique needs to get a little bit better, and he's a guy that may have some medical questions. He had an ACL tear to his right knee in, in 2016. So I'm just looking to see where those drops occurred, and you know, as I get a second pass at him, and you know, see you know how much more potentially as as a route runner. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. That was a big, you know, they lost some receivers last year, uh, so it was big for Georgia to get Cager in there and just have another another option at wide receiver. Uh, what about on the other side for Florida? Uh, they are a fun defense to watch. They do have guys flying around, very aggressive. What do you have uh, for Florida's defense, in particular, their defensive end, uh, Jabari Zaniga? And I don't know if it's Zaniga, yeah, they, Zaniga. I don't, I don't know how you say his last name. Yeah, I think it's Zaniga, and I think you were right the first time. He's a he's a guy who they move him to tackle and end in this four three defense. I think he does a little bit better at tackle right now. But when you look at projecting to the NFL level, his athletic ability are, is probably going to have people clamoring for him to be an end. 
And it is a position where athletes have some success learning those edge techniques and concepts at the next level once they transition over from the college game. So uh, I see him probably projecting more as an end in terms of what people will demand of him. He is sudden as a run defender. He has some effective hand usage to get past the reach of blockers. He can work inside or under them. He works across the face of opponents pretty effectively, and he has violent hands. And he has some. He's someone that can really close well in pursuit. He's very quick. Has two. Has the first two good steps off the line that you want to see. And his speed to power game has some compelling aspects to it. Um, and he can close and wrap well as a tackler. As an edge rusher, I think there's some ability to bend and rip or duck under edge blockers. Um, and he occasionally gets a great jump at the snap, but he doesn't do it nearly as consistently as you want to see from top prospects. So overall, he's a strong athlete, excellent movement skills and tackling prowess. He just needs to add more moves to his repertoire and really gain an understanding of how to exploit leverage. And if he can do that, he has a future as a defensive end in the league. Got it. Looking forward to that one. Always seems like a, a low-scoring game. Always seems like it's still entertaining, though, even though it is low-scoring. What about uh, a team that really got embarrassed on Saturday night? And that's Notre Dame. You've already mentioned their defensive ends. I'm looking forward to diving into them. They do host Virginia Tech, which is really down from where it was previously. We'll start with uh, Khalid Kareem, who you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that he has good length. He has a feel for leverage. He's someone that can set the edge while in the run game. And I think he's known best for his prowess in the run game. He has a variety of ways to earn position, and he has violent hands to work against um, tackles and guards. He has a speed-to-power game, though, as a pass rusher. Like I said, you know, putting Andrew Thomas on the ropes at various points during that game was um, was pretty interesting to see. Um, he did he did pretty good work being able to work to the outside shoulder of a tackle and then pushing back inside. And his hands are sudden and violent. He can swipe tackles aside. He has a good long arm to keep that outside hand free, but he also has a nice chop and rip. Um, he just gets too upright off the line a little bit too right now. And while his first two steps are good, I think his burst noticeably peters out after that second step. So he, he, you know, as a pass rusher, I wonder about his ability to close on a consistent basis. And I, and I don't think he lacks really strong pursuit range either, even the, you know, against ball carriers who are on the same side of the field and he's unblocked in his pursuit. So while I think he can set an edge and hold an edge for you, he's not really a pursuit player. And I have questions about him as a pass rusher, even though, you know, as a college player, he's, you know, he's been very good. He's had a very nice career. And then what about his, his running mate, if you will? You talked about him earlier in his matchup with Andrew Thomas, Julian Aquaro. I think people know a little bit more than Kareem. Yeah, I think they do too. And he kind of reminds me of what I think the Cleveland Browns must have hoped they'd get from LSU's, you know, former star Barkevius Mingo. You know, he's a long arm guy, strong closing burst. He can bend the edge. He has he has a dip and rip that works well. He also has a an inside counter at the top of his arc and and he seems to have a really good feel for when to tell that getting around the edge isn't going to work when he gets a, gets at the top of his arc around the tackle and be able to work back inside. 
Um, he drops well enough in the coverage to be effective. I mean, this is a guy that reads the quarterback's eyes. I've seen the range on him to cut off targets 15 yards downfield when he drops. Um, he trusts his eyes as a run defender, but he's also patient enough to know when he needs to really, you know, pull the trigger as a, as a pursuer and a tackler. He has a good motor, uses his hands well at the point of attack, the stack and shed. You know, this, like I said with Andrew Thomas, you know, you're facing Andrew Thomas, so you look at it from that perspective. But even against other guys, I'd say his speed to power game isn't really the strength of his game. Um, he's better when he can work wide and counter back inside. And in the run game, you know, he's not like Khalid in this respect. I think tight, good tight ends can beat him one-on-one in the run game. But he's at the same time, you've seen flashes of some push-pull skill that gain leverage. And I've seen him shed a player like, you know, I've seen him shed Thomas in, in the game. So you see that the promise is there. It's just a, a matter of consistency and, and getting a little bit tighter technique. But I, I think I like Oquara a little bit better as an NFL prospect right now between the two um, ends that we're looking at here this weekend. You know, it's interesting. Uh, the next guy you have on your list, Matt, is Damon Hazelton, who is a wide receiver from Virginia Tech that I actually watched play twice last year. It just so happened that I had two Virginia Tech games on my slate. One was Virginia Tech against Florida State, and they won that one um, early in the year, week one. And then late in the season, I had Virginia Tech against the U, against Miami, actually in Blacksburg, my first time actually seeing that stadium and everything uh, down there. Enter Sandman, the whole deal, which was cool. And I ran into Damon Hazleton, and he was the most impressive prospect on the team probably last year, in my mind. Crazy story. He, and I don't know how much of this you even know, Matt. I know you evaluate no. him, but I don't know how much of the, the background you know. He was a running back in Baltimore at like 5'10", 5'11", did not have very many offers, but had a had a good career and ended up getting a full scholarship to Ball State um, as a running back in high school at like 5'11". Well, he then red shirts. No, he goes there and immediately, but he le- when he left, he was 5'11", after his football season. By the time he got there, he was like 6'2", 6'2 and a half. He grew three and a half inches after Ball State gave him the scholarship. He moved to wide receiver and absolutely tore up the Mac as a true freshman receiver. Uh, it was fantastic. And I can't remember what NFL guy he worked out with, but he, he somehow was connected with or friends with somebody in the NFL and worked out with them, and they were basically said, "Man, you gotta, you can really, really go ahead and and do something special. You should try, you you, you should try to go to a higher level." So he then transferred to Virginia Tech, had to sit out a year in 2017, burst on the scene last year in 2018, and really looks the part, uh, big body. Good hands. I'm curious. You know, I, I don't exactly pretend to be a wide receiver connoisseur, if you will, Matt. So curious to hear your breakdown 
I just didn't know if you were aware of his background as a 5'11 high school running back who went to Ball State. No, I hadn't even looked at that yet. The most I knew was that he was a transfer, um, you know, from Ball State, but didn't know that story. It's a great story, too. And and he's a guy that he's actually one of my favorite receivers that I've seen thus far. Um, so it's funny that you mentioned him because I, I think about him and I think, yeah, I like Cager, you know, he's 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 a bigger guy now. He plays split end and flanker, but you also see him as a punt returner. And while he's, you know, he's not an All-America candidate at punt returner, but he's a guy that can make the first man miss. He bounces off hits and wraps. And it makes sense because he's a guy who, when you watch him as a ball carrier, strong, fluid, technically sound, finishes well, bounces off linebacker-sized opponents. So you can see that running back skill um, still, you know, is a remnant part of his game after the catch. He transitions really well. And as a receiver, I mean, listen, I mean, he – he extends well for the ball at extreme ranges. And what I was most impressed with is, you know, the bend to his frame that he can run those hard breaking routes as a bigger receiver, you know, the jerk route, curl, comeback, where all those hard breaks are necessary. He does them well. Um, and I think he understands how to use his pacing well to attack man coverage as a route runner too. So that's a, a really nice thing because this is a guy that I think, is going to do well against man coverage in the NFL as he continues to um, refine his game because not only is he a good runner and physical, but he also has that that quickness and the footwork and the bend that you need. Um, but at the same time, if you put off coverage on him, he has enough acceleration and speed to run by off coverage corners in the ACC or get into the feet of the defender and then execute his break and leave the guy off balance. So, yeah, I really like him. I felt like that he was um, surprisingly refined for a transfer and now even more surprisingly so to consider that he came out of school as a running back. Um, Let's move on to uh, a game in the American Conference. I called an East Carolina UCF game earlier this year. I called a game involving Cincinnati. I think you can make a strong case that the American is – the best of the group of five conferences and college game day will be in Memphis getting ready for SMU against Memphis. Uh, Let's start with some skill. SMU definitely has some skill dudes. We'll start with wide receiver Reggie Roberson. Yeah, this guy's, this guy's a fun watch. I mean, this is a, this is a, a, a decently sized six foot receiver, a little over 200 pounds, wins the ball well above the rim. He's a guy that has excellent concentration against tight coverage. And it's not only against man-to-man, but even when he's working the middle of the field on a deeper route and there's a pinpoint target where he's able to you know, work with one man in trail and another bearing down on him, I, I kind of joke around of them as a, a Georgia guy, as A.J. Green-like routes where I used to see him at Georgia you know, basically make catches with Eric Berry, you know, bearing down on him at Tennessee and still being able to come down with the ball. Roberson has that kind of concentration, which is impressive. Um, boundary awareness and, and technique to to drag his feet are really good. He jumps back to the ball well on fades and go routes when the ball isn't pinpoint. And, I, you know, last year he needed to improve a little bit in terms of targets at his belt line when he had to make tight plays on, say, comeback routes or out routes where he wanted the ball to, you want the ball to come into you sometimes a little bit, 
but um, you still want to make the catch with your hands just so that you're protecting um, the ball from a defender trying to swat it away at a certain position on you. And he wasn't quite, he wasn't very good at that last year, but this year he seems to be doing a better job with that. So there's some promise like seeing the improvement there. And he has some good skills to be able to release from the line of scrimmage and the speed to do the job. So I really like the promise of what Roberson has to, has to bring to the NFL. I think that he has the ability to be, you know, maybe like a, a former alum, like an Emmanuel Sanders type of player. I don't know if he has that kind of speed, but in terms of his route skills, it's growing. And in terms of what he can do at the catch point against man, that's impressive. The other wide receiver, uh, James P-R-O-C-H-E, and I definitely have not seen a SMU game yet this year and definitely do not know how to say James's last name. I, I, I'm going to say Proach? Proach? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And that's and he's a guy that, um, you know, a lot of people, when they talk about the SMU prospects, his name comes up a lot as one of the the better guys. And he is a, a sure-handed slot receiver. He has some skill to, to win the ball, too, against tight man coverage, even the occasional 50-50 target, you know, in, in the same way that a guy like Jameson Crowder can do that um, in, in New York. Um, he has the quickness to get some separation early, but he's not going to be one of those guys that beats man coverage on routes that – work beyond 20 to 25 yards unless there's some sort of breakdown he's not getting free like that um he he can also be a little too reliant i think on stutter moves at the top of his stem where i wonder if it generates some timing issues with his quarterback because he leans too much on that and maybe delays the break of some of his routes i've seen some plays where i it's led me to kind of ask some questions about that and want to watch a little more tape of that um I'd like to see him do a better job of getting into the toes of his opponent when they play off coverage so that he can get into their feet and get and threaten them to, to force them to turn and get uncomfortable and, and change their stance. Um, otherwise, I just don't think he's effectively selling what he does at the top of his breaks um, as a result of that. And he's not getting the separation you want to see against off coverage defenders on intermediate routes. Um, but he's very good in zone. So, you know, he gives you that skill to read the leverage of defenders, cut off his route where he needs to and settle and make a friendly target. And he's a feisty blocker for a guy who's, you know, more slot receiver size. He's got a good punch, moves his feet well. He's very good as a lead blocker. I'd like to see him do a little bit more work with his timing as a stock blocker. But, you know, he's a guy that I think is going to, you know, probably be drafted late or be an undrafted free agent who gets a camp invite and maybe gets a chance to to show his skills in zone as a slot guy and maybe able to work his way up through there. As for the other team, Memphis, uh, there's different ways we could go here. We could do running back Patrick Taylor. We could do D-end outside linebacker Bryce Huff. Who would you rather break down? Let's talk about Huff, you know. Um, you know, Huff's a – a guy that they use him on the right side of the line on first and second down, and then they put him over left tackle on third down to rush the passer. And you can see some of the bend around the edge. I just want to see if he has a, I just want to see his first step a little bit more often. I want to see if he has a better one than, than what I saw, at least in the first couple of games that I've watched. Um, it, right now, if I when I watch him, if he doesn't close within five yards, he seems to lack acceleration to, to catch ball carriers when he's in pursuit from 
from greater distances. So to me, when I project that, I think of it as that he's not going to run down a chain moving NFL quarterback who's quote unquote mobile like Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum, but not a game breaking, you know, mobile guy. Um, so, you know, I wonder about his pursuit range. He's also kind of slow at flipping his hips and transitioning from coverage to pursuit. So, you know, so, so looking at it from there, unless he was hurt and, you know, in that game and, and I find out more about that. And as I watch other games and learn a little bit more about, you know, his profile, uh, you know, I, I wonder about his quickness and speed there, but he, you know, he has a good inside counter move. He uses his hands pretty well. He can set up a, a move with a stutter step working around the edge. I think he has a feel for leverage to know when to work outside in and leave the um, blockers off balance, the dip and rip, push and pull are all there. Um, and he, I just like to see him learn how to split double teams a little bit, handle lead blockers a little better. Um, I think there's potential for him maybe to find a home in a 4-3 defense as a Leo guy, kind of guy who's a pass rushing defensive end and run defender you know, when he's in a two-point stance. Um, so he's an interesting player from a, from a scout's perspective as, as is he a guy that you can um, develop into and, and find a fit for somewhere and do really well in a role. Um, and, and I think that that's where scouts are going to be looking at him is whether he can, they can find a fit for him and plug him in and he can do a good job for them either as a you know, contributor or a reserve. I love it. And as usual, I am fired up and ready to go. For college football Saturday, I'll be on the call for CBS Sports Network of Army at Air Force. Huge game in the battle for the Commander-in-Chief trophy. Should be an awesome one from Colorado Springs, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on CBS Sports Network. You can, of course... Go ahead and take Matt's information if you'd like and go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1. Get the 50%. That's 5-0 welcome bonus that goes along with it. And boom, you're off, off, and away with some free money. Plus, as I've mentioned previously, I'm in this PODCAST1 Sportsnet Challenge. So when I win it, I don't know how I haven't won it yet, but... When I win it, you actually'll get a little something something you'll just you'll just tweet me or something your account number, and boom, you might even find a hundred free dollars in your account. other than that, huge Tuesday, a little different schedule about to record the power rankings Tuesday right now, then we will get episode one of the fantasy feast eaten podcast in in a little bit other than that. The keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.